Our scripture for today is found in Hebrews chapter 6, verses 16 through 20. Hebrews 6, 16 through 20. Now when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question, that oath is binding. God also bound himself with an oath so that those who received the promise could be perfectly sure that he would never change his mind. So God has given both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we, have, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It looked like this. Sometimes it looked like this. I was swimming a boat away from disaster in Devil's Cove. Why, you might ask? Well, number one, because some of y'all had said, go look for God in Hippie Hollow. (laughs) Now, I'm game, y'all, but that just seemed like a little much for me, so I decided for Devil's Cove that I might get the gist of it with slightly more clothing, right? (laughs) I was... It was clear that the people would be worried. Anyway, I was in Devil's Cove. The boat was about to crash into an anchored houseboat, and I was the one swimming it to safety. Again, why? Well, the anchor had failed. And who do you bet set, set the anchor? Me. When I went to Devil's Cove, I expected to see a spectacle not to become one. But that's what happened. You never know where God's going to show up when you go looking for God. And this is where God showed up on swimming um, this boat away from disaster. Everyone started to look at us, talk about us. Can you imagine that? In Devil's Cove, your church staff become the spectacle, pulling the boat back into safety. Here's how it happened. We go in, the cove, you've probably never been there. In fact, someone after the first service said, Laura, I know what you said about the anchor and God, but I think the anchor failed because God was telling you to get out, right? (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I'm I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. I think God's anywhere. So I'm going to go look and see so I can come back and tell you where God is. So we're in Devil's Cove. It's like this. And we anchor, well, try to anchor right here. We're not going to be in the middle of the fray. We're going to be on the outer edge in the safe spot, right? And being the helpful individual that I am, um, I ran up to help set the anchor. Now, I have never set an anchor in my life. But I figured, how hard can it be, right? You just throw it down there, and then it does the work for you. And so I threw it down there, and Scott's backing up the boat, because that is important, to set. And once the line goes taut, I'm like, done, right? And Scott says to me, Laura, I don't think the anchor caught. And I say, Scott, 
Look at how taut it is. It's so heavy. It's down there. And then these are the famous last words. Everything's fine. <laughs> now, I don't know why they believed me when I said that, but they did. And so everyone jumped into the lake. We're looking for God. We're on this expedition. They, we got the pool noodles. No sooner had the pool noodles been distributed than poor Scott cries out, Oh, no! The boat slipped out of its anchor that I was sure was there, is heading backwards into this giant houseboat that was absurdly well anchored, right? I mean, it, it's not even moving. Maybe they had six anchors on it or something, but it's not even moving. It's just waiting for the collision. So that's when I'm pulling the boat from safety by kicking my legs. It was the most ridiculous thing ever. So this time when we got it back by swimming and we go to set the anchor, I stayed back, right? I realized I know nothing about this, so I will let the experts take over. So the experts set the anchor. We jump back in. We start to try to look for God. And actually, it was pretty tame in Devil's Cove. That was the interesting thing. So it was pretty tame. That's why we were the spectacle. No sooner had we jumped back in, got the noodles again, we'd taken like one or two pictures, you know, to document this event. Then Scott says, oh, no. <laughs> Now the boat is the, the bow of the boat is spinning towards another ridiculously well anchored set of boats that are just like waiting there. We're like, get the boat! And so the guys swim over, they pull the boat back. It was at this point it was decided, let's anchor on the shore. Okay? Because if you set the anchor on the shore, we can see that it's grabbing on. We're good, right? So they set the anchor, again, they um, because I was staying out of it. They set the anchor on the shore. We all jump in, except I don't think Scott ever did, but I'll get back to that in a minute. <laughs> Scott knew better. We all jump in, and they start saying, hey, Laura, where have you seen God? Is it maybe, look at those little ducklings over there in the middle of all the drunken people. I mean, that's, is that where you see God? Or is it the beautiful day? Or, and I'm like, I think it's the anchor. I, I'm feeling the anchor. There's a message in here for me somewhere. And right at that point, guess what happened? We hear another, oh, no. <laughs> now, I need to show you a picture of what had been going on here. Um, this, is, this is one of the few pictures we took in Devil's Cove. As you can see, we're at the very edge, so there's nothing out beyond us. Um, here's the boats that we almost ran into right here. And here's pulling the boat away. Now, what you can't see in this picture is when we're all like, yay, we're in Devil's Cove, we're oblivious, is back here a giant storm was brewing. I have no excuse for this, y'all, because I saw it. There it was. But when has it last rained? So I was like, how often do we see rain over there? And we're like, come on, baby, come on, right? And this time we see rain across the lake and we're like, whatever, right? So... As I took this picture, right, we're back in there, the boat's floating, we hear Scott say, oh no, and there was this giant, and he's been telling us the whole time a storm is coming, and we're like, it's fine, right? And this giant blast of wind, y'all are out in the open lake, comes like this, boom, and the pool noodles go flying, and our hats are knocked off, and we know we're in deep trouble because Miss Brandy keeps track of the number of pool noodles, right? So people go to get the pool noodles because we know we're going to be in trouble. Um, I, don't, I wish you could really see this. It doesn't, 
there's the storm. It just blocked out the sky. Um, I guess I thought to take a picture, but not to do anything else. Um, so the storm hits us. We're chasing the noodles when I hear Scott on the boat say, it's too late. Get on the boat now, right? <laughs> now. And all of us are like, oh, oh, oh my. So I book it for the boat, right? Because all of a sudden he snapped me out of it. I've been thinking there's going to be no storm. And it's like actually starting to rain. There's everything. And finally it was Scott saying, get out of the water that made us move. Here's the bad part. I was the only one that made it. Now, the anchor had torn free again. Go figure. The boat was about to crash into the shore because the wind, now remember, the boat was moving with just a gentle breeze. When the real wind hit, it was really moving. And suddenly, Devil's Cove, where people were playing, has become this tempest, the waves, the rain. And so I'm on the boat. Scott's taking off so we don't crash. Here we were. We go over to here because the wind is crazy. And he says, pull up the anchor. I'm like, oh, that thing? Okay. So that was, a, he said, first, Laura, pull up the anchor. And so I pulled up the anchor. It was like, hey there, friend. It's like, hey, stupid anchor. I put it down. And then we look at each other because back over here in the middle of the storm, and if you've ever been out, I mean, most of the times we're indoors in a storm, right? If you've ever been out on a lake in a storm, terrifying. And we look over, and to add to the terror of the sea and everything, these guys are on four of them, pool noodles, and all back behind us we hear motors starting. People are getting, they need to get out. And we start seeing boats tearing out of the cove, and one of them goes right past, Greg said he was like five feet from a motor. And so Scott and I are like, stick your arms up. Stick it. That's all we can do. We can't offer any other help. Jana says a jet ski. A jet ski comes over and says, do you need a rescue? <laughs> this is how bad it was, okay? And they're like, just stay here so people can see us. Help is coming. And Scott and I are looking at each other like, we're the help. And I'm like, I'm no help, but you might be able to do it, Scott, right? And so he steers the boat back across that mass exodus, which if you, I did, somebody took a picture of it. One, two, three, four, five, six, all of them tearing out in the storm, in the waves. Um, he steers through that, gets the people and says, Laura, fast, or we're going to crash, because they were over by the shore. So we're just like, get on, who cares, get on, you know, not even using the, the stairs anymore. Just get on, right? We go, the, the tube is flapping in the back. I mean, it was the most dramatic thing ever. And my husband looks at me and says, are you almost done looking for God? <laughs> I was like, just one more sermon, baby, just one more. <laughs> Because whenever you look for God, God shows up, right? God shows up. Um, God showed up with the anchor for me. And I don't know if you've ever been trapped in a storm like this, but I suspect that your souls have been battered this way. Um, I know that they have already in this life. And I don't know whether you faced that storm with an anchor or you were out like we were 
just cut adrift. But let me tell you, an anchor makes a difference. Now, here's the bad news. Can you handle the bad news? I hope so. Handle the bad news, okay? Jesus promised storms. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. Man, I really wish he would have said, in this world, um, you will have trouble unless you know me. And then it's a get-out-of-jail-free card, right? But he said, in this world, you, my followers, will have trouble. But take heart, take hold, I have overcome the world. There's the anchor. That's where your soul wants to be. It may not know it yet. Maybe you do know it. But that's where you've got to be when the storm hits. Because, y'all, an anchor is a lot of fun. It keeps you from looking like a moron by having your boat, your soul crash into somebody else's. It's fun on a sunny day. It's imperative in a storm. It's what that author found when he said, it is well with my soul. It's what Christians through the ages have been finding. It's what the writer of Hebrews says. He says, we have security. We have hope. Because we know where to anchor. It's in Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you a story about a pastor, another pastor who had trouble with anchors um, of the soul variety. His name was Pastor John. Now, as far as holiness, Pastor John was like one of the most holy, upright people you would ever meet. Um, he would get up at 5 a.m. every day, including Saturdays, to pray for two hours. He would pray. True. He fasted. Um, there's very few Christians who fast anymore. Pastor John didn't just fast once a week. He fasted twice a week. Pastor John, when he went to get his hair cut, he felt like it was a spiritual thing because he was ministering to the barber and he was also giving that man support. And he was a working class man, right? So he's supporting his barber through getting a haircut. And he... This was great, but he also, like, really wanted all of his people to do that, too. And he would make them do it. And so he wasn't the kind of pastor you would really have liked at Bee Creek because he was so demanding and rigorous. He took it to an extreme. Why? Well, if I had to speculate, I'd say he was trying to have an anchor, to build one himself, to fashion one out of all those good things he did for God. Now, we have all kinds of anchors. It might be um, the amount of money we have in the bank. It might be our job. It might be a relationship. We might be anchored onto a person or another boat. None of those anchors are going to hold when the storm comes. Just like my anchor kept pulling out, our anchor kept pulling out. It's going to leave you in a dangerous spot. So Pastor John found himself in a dangerous spot. He decided, because he was building his anchor, to become a missionary, which is a really sacrificial thing to do, right? So he's going to become a missionary, and he writes in his journal, he said, my chief goal is the hope of saving my own soul. So apparently even pastors can worry that they're not saved and he really wanted God to know that he was devoted and loved God, and so he was going to go be a missionary. 
Well, as luck would have it, he had to travel by boat to get to these people. A lot of other people went with him, um, not to just be a missionary, but I'm sure his congregation was like, bon voyage, right? And they send him off to go evangelize the heathen. And off he goes and on this boat to get there, and they encounter a storm. And it's vicious, and it's long, and the engine fails, and the boat is floundering, and all, the captain and the crew get all of the passengers up on the deck because the boat might capsize from the waves, and if they're under, you know, in their cabins, they'll drown. So they're all out on the deck in the lashing rain and the storm, and the boat is going down, and they can see the crew panicking, and all the, all the people in the boat start to freak out, and they're screaming and crying, and Pastor John is no better. Like, he's not the one like, hey, let's have a prayer circle, everything's fine. No, he is losing his mind with fear. And then he looks over and he sees this little knot of people. There are kids in there and parents and older people, and they're, they're just holding hands in the midst of this rain and lightning and storm, and they're singing hymns to God. Pastor John realizes they have something he doesn't. And as he's dying, he's thinking, if only I could figure that out. And he gets the chance because by a miracle they live and they get um, to where they're going. And he has a chance, but he still hasn't worked out what it is that they had. That he doesn't because he has such a nice chain, right? So he goes there and he's a failure as a missionary. I mean, of course, right? He's a failure. They run him out of town. They actually do. They're like, go, we're done with you, right? They run him out of town. He goes home, and he has to tell everybody that he failed. And so he's at a low, low point. He's still thinking about that storm and the people singing. He's still thinking about his own anchor or at least his chain that he's got working on. And he's lost. And so a friend invites him to a Bible study to just come, not lead it. And he doesn't even want to go. Writes in his journal, I went very unwillingly. Pastor John, you could always count on him. If there's a Bible study, he's going to go. But this day, mm-mm. So he goes and he's sitting there. And there's a man up at the front reading from Martin Luther, an introduction to Romans. Pretty boring, if you, I mean, if you ask me, right? But it's not the content. It's that suddenly the Spirit finds in Pastor John someone who's willing. There's some words in there that speak to him, and suddenly he realizes something. He's like 34 years old. He realizes something he didn't know his whole life. He realizes where the anchor is, that it's been set by Christ. He doesn't have to do it. Hallelujah, right? He doesn't have to set the anchor. Christ set it. All he needs to do is hold on. Choose it. And so he writes in his journal that night, and I love this. It's so different from I hope to save my soul. He says, the Spirit of God witnessed to my spirit that I am a child of God. Listen to how simple this is. I am a child of God. Jesus Christ loves me, has given himself for me, 
all my sins are blotted out, and I, even I, am reconciled to God. Here's a man who had never felt accepted, who had never felt loved, who suddenly realizes he is. That God's done the work that he's been trying to do for years. And all he has to do is take hold. And he does. And it changes his life. And it changes our lives too. Because Pastor John is John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church. Never would have done it in his old self, in his old ways. But once he found the anchor, once he had that experience that I just told you about, where he felt loved and he felt protected and he felt like his sins had been forgiven, then suddenly it set him free. That's the amazing thing is that if you can anchor your soul, it sets you free. Then wherever you go, whatever happens to you, you are not afraid. Whatever storms life brings your way, they, you know this may be terrible, but God is with me. He's going to get me through it. And that's what Pastor John knew. John Wesley knew God will get me through this. And so his life changed from trying to earn God's grace to just letting it flow through him. And he started talking about grace, not works. Like God's grace, he said, it comes before me before I even knew it was coming. It fills me and changes my life. It transforms me. He said it can do the same for you. And so this little who formerly priggish man, I mean, he was just bad. He, would, he got up on barrels and casks and he started preaching outdoors to the coal workers and the miners and just the everyday people who weren't allowed in church because he still had that passion, only now it was set free. And that's how the Methodist movement started. John Wesley preaching out of doors to people who hadn't heard because they weren't allowed in the church because he found his anchor. Hallelujah, right? And we're here today because of that. So I'd ask you, you know, as we, as we went back and rescued those people and as I thought about how terrible and frightening that was to just be in a boat that didn't have an anchor, it reminded me that we needed our souls to never be in that situation. Let your soul always know that God chooses you. That Christ has done the work we could never do. And that we can just grab on. And then whatever comes, whatever the weather brings, whatever life throws our way, we're going to be secure. You're going to be okay. It will be well with your soul. Let's pray. God, we ask that you would be with us. Um, not just near us, but anchoring us. That our souls that run hither and yon, looking for something to hide in, some place of safety, would come back to you. That you would be our anchor and our refuge. We have tried to do it on our own, Lord, and we have failed. And we know that we will face more storms, and we don't want to do it without an anchor. 
So please, God, be our safety. Remind us of your love and see us through all of the days ahead. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.